a un primero de mayo. <risa> Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I am your host, Sam Duzame Jr. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at The Sam D. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up thesamd.com. Follow along with the podcast on social media at The Sam D Podcast. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash May 1st Music. What's up, y'all? It is a Sunday morning. It is a Sunday morning fresh off what Jalen Suggs did last night. Your boy happened to be in the building to see that in real time, live and direct. Yep, that was a that was a top five moment probably for me. Live sporting event in the building as it happened like that. That shit was crazy, bro. I, I had to keep it real. I try to be... Low key, I try to be stoic, act like I've been there before type of vibe. But that shit last night had me bugging. Because the shot, it looked good from the minute it left. Like, I do this thing. And I don't know, hoopers might know this, but just in general, people might. When someone shoots like a deep three, if it looks good, I'll kind of lean back. Like, I'm leaning back from the mic right now. So, like, I'll see the shot happening and then I'll kind of lean back like oh that might actually and then it goes in I did that with Jalen Sugg shot he's coming down the court he pulls up and I thought he was going to pull it from half but he took that extra dribble and got the, the few extra feet to get it closer to where it was really a Dane Lillard type three like it wasn't that deep of a three from where I thought with that little time left that it would have been like, I thought he was going to have to chuck it from half, but he was able to get it to where it was like a normal logo, logo Lillard three. And when it left his hand, I said, oh, and I leaned back. And then the shit went off the glass and then and I said, holy shit. <laughs> but anyway, it's been a busy week um, at the gig preparing y'all to be able to see things like that last night. So let me try to get into what I can here. There's a lot of different topics. There's some. Um, there's about three instances of people using their platforms to go viral with fabricated takes or just fabricated opinions just for impressions and click-through rates and all the stuff that the algorithms love. It, there was about three instances. Also, Jeff Bezos is really trying to get a team. We talked about Washington. Now there's another team that potentially... He's trying to get in on. Also, going into college basketball outside of Jalen Suggs and and the Final Four last night, there's a coach that left. There's a coach that left his team for a better job and a better opportunity. I want to know where's Jim Beheim with the same energy for this coach as he had for a player that did the same exact thing earlier in the season. But we'll begin with Ant-Man? <laughs> Ant-Man versus RJ? Nah, not really. Not really. But I will start off with this, though. How come RJ hasn't responded? RJ got no smoke for Ant-Man? I mean, RJ's... 
I mean, he's 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 built right. He's built from a different cloth, right? Nick's tape. I haven't seen any pep rallies though. By the way, what are they? 25, 20, oh, 25 or twenty five. Okay, so they're five hundred. Five hundred. That's usually grounds for a pep rally. That's usually grounds for a ticket tape parade down Eighth Ave, King of Heroes, in New York. That's usually the bare bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? For the Knicks to be five hundred. But Anthony Edwards went out here and gave up the blueprint, gave up the game plan in the waning moments of how to defeat the Knicks. And the key is let RJ shoot because <laughs> that's what RJ wants to do, right? That's all. That's literally all he wants to do. I think the reason why he's played as much defense as he has this year and he's played as much minutes as he has this year, well, we know why the minutes thing because of the meniscus here in Taskmaster, but the defense I think it's because he knows in Tibbs' system to do whatever you want on offense, you got to do whatever he says on defense. So RJ's buying in on defense so he can chuck that shit up. <laughs> so that's what RJ is doing. So Ant, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards put it out there that, yo, the game plan was to get the ball out of Julius's hands and make it, make the ball get to RJ and let RJ go one-on-one because we know he's going to shoot it. And that's exactly what RJ did, and he bricked the shot, and the Timberwolves get a win. But to to move it forward, Anthony Edwards, rookie of the year. And I only say that because I mean, look, y'all know how I feel about Lamelo, and I think Lamelo was going to be the far and away runaway rookie of the year if he did not get the season and an injury. But Ant Man has come on as of late. Ant-Man is out here putting up numbers, good and bad, but he's putting up numbers and he's getting minutes and he's doing all of this. So here's the scenario I'm going to lay out for y'all. LaMelo played 41 games. That's over half of the season, right? It would have been half of a regular season, but it's 72 games. So that's over half of this abbreviated season. Ant-Man's probably going to play the whole string, right? Is a full season of Anthony Edwards' production greater than LaMelo's 41 game, which is about maybe 60%. Let's call it 60. Is Anthony Edwards 100% better than LaMelo's 60%? For rookie of the year. Should they be be co-rookies? You know, Rich Paul be furious. <laughs> Rich Paul, there would be a marketing campaign unlike anything we've ever seen if it's a if, if it's a co-rookie type situation. So Anthony Edwards straight up? Or do they dare still give it to LaMelo? Because, I mean, the Hornets are a four seed. A four seed. Who had that? Who? Sure, you want to give me Gordon Hayward? Sure. But we know what happened. We all know what happened. When they had LaMelo coming off the bench, they were inconsistent. The minute they put LaMelo into the starting lineup, boom, they took off. Anthony Edwards is putting up a lot of numbers and a lot of shots for a team that stinks, for a team that sucks, for a team that has no hope for the future. You're going to give that man that rookie of the year award for that, for putting up 18, 19 a game, moving it forward. He's in the 17s now, but assuming he keeps putting up all these shots, he's got a lot of Wiggins in him, bro. I'll tell you that much. They traded Wiggins last year 
All they did is win and go took a shorter Wiggins with more hops this year. That's all they did. Look at that shot chart for Ant-Man when you get a chance. 333s for a dude that can't shoot threes. <laughs> and y'all get mad at me when I say Steph ruined the game of basketball. This is a guy who's supposed to be a shooting guard. 330-some threes. And he's only hitting them at 31%. That's good if you're a backup big man, a backup four in the league. Not the face of the franchise as a two guard. 31%. And he's had games where he's putting up like 15 threes. 13 threes. 12 threes. He's routinely putting up double-digit or close to double-digit threes. He's averaging like seven threes a game and he's shooting him at 31%. We're going to reward that with a rookie of the year? When we know what LaMelo's impact was on the court, we know the shot in the arm, the enthusiasm he gave to that whole roster. I'm going to have something to say if they give it to Anthony Edwards straight up. I'm going to have something to say. Because that, that, that's, that will be the trashiest of narratives. I'll add that one. Let let them give Ant-Man the rookie of the year straight up. That will be a trash narrative for sure. So clout chasing, man, it's become rampant in social media. It's become rampant in television. It's become rampant <sighs> even in podcasting. There's plenty of podcasts that are popular, that are celebrity-based, in and out of sports. That stick to the old formula. Give give a celebrity a platform so they have their big following. Come over to this podcast and give the podcast numbers. Then you had that celebrity bring on other celebrities or friends or whatever. And then those people's following now comes to your celebrity platform and it builds even that. And rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So multiple instances of that happening. So we'll start with Rappaport, a.k.a. Remy from Higher Learning. Remy and KD. Now, to keep this shit a buck with you, I think this shit was a setup off the rip. I think it was a setup off the rip. You can't tell me. Remy and KD. Both are salacious in their own way. Both talk mad shit in their own way. When the story first dropped, when the DMs first got leaked by Remy, it was leaked in a way that made you feel like Remy was afraid, like Remy was scared. KD called him all types of savage names in his DM, called him out to his, uh, to, well, to his social media face. And then dared him to meet him face to face, said, come down to West 17th. Now, I can tell you as a New Yorker, I don't know what's on West 17th. That would make KD think that's like a real threat. This ain't like, yo, son, come down to come to Southside. Meet me on Linden in the Van Wick. Meet me on, if you're, if you're Brooklyn, meet me on Church. Harlem, meet me on 2-5. There's certain blocks or neighborhoods you could call out where it's like, nah, dog, I want you to meet me where it's gully. I've never heard that about West 17th. I've never heard that about West 17th. But KD's repping. He's repping whatever whatever is on West 17th. KD's repping it. 
in the IG DMs to Remy. So those DMs come out and then the media does what they do. They feed on it. They start throwing narratives around. Oh my God, Kevin Durant is threatening an actor. He's threatening Remy. Social media does what it needs to do and it aggregates the fuck out of it. And retweets and likes and quote tweets are through the roof. Then the pundits come in and do what they do. And they start comparing it to things like the Myers Leonard slur thing. And saying, is Katie going to be suspended? How will this affect the Nets? They just start, take the one little thing and build a mountain of shit on top of it. So that happens, right? That was day one. NBA steps in. 50K fine. 50K for KD. Now we got to aggregate the fuck out of that. That gets sent all over the place. Now we got Rappaport's mentions being blown to smithereens. Now Remy's out here saying, yo, my bad. My bad. KD has to cop, please. Yo, this is my man. This is how we give it up in the DMs. This is this is not what you think it is. This is not, I'm not threatening this man. This is how we we talk shit to each other. Remy talks hella shit. I talk hella shit. This is how we give it up. This is our this is our relationship. That gets sent all over the place. Now people are really upset after the fine. After KD says, yo, we boys, it ain't even like that. Now people are really getting at Remy. And what's Remy's response? He goes on his Twitter and he says, I'm, I'm going to talk about all this. I'm going to break all this down. I'm going to tell you how we got here on my new podcast. Please go download and listen on Apple and da, 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 da. <laughs> so all this was for your podcast, bruh. All of this, all of it. You did all of this for a rollout. Cause I mean, what's, what's 50 K to KD? What is 50 K to KD? Nothing. Remy probably hit him and say, yo, dog, I'm really trying to get this podcast popping. I really need to find a way to like launch this. Say less, dog. I'll send you some crazy shit in the DMs and you leak it. You know it's going to go because anything I do that involves me on social media, it goes. You get in your bag, you do what you do, I do what I do, and we just going to watch everyone else react to it. Bruh, they did all of that. To launch a pod. <laughs> Is this where we at? I mean, are, are you are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you are you following what I'm following? I mean, you could disagree. You could disagree. I mean, it's, it's all good. But I mean, I'm how how is it any other way? Once KD comes on and says, no, that's my man's. You know, because, you know, Remy's out here saying he's going to get lawyers involved and da 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 da. So it, it created that threatening. It, cre- it made it look like KD was threatening him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it goes from that to literally hours later. Nah, that's, that's my man. So your man threatens lawyers on you? I don't have friends like that. I don't have, <laughs> in my circle, in my various circles, in my various group chats of friends, we we don't we don't say, yeah, dogs, I'm gonna get my lawyers on you. 
that's never been a, a, a thing that's been sent out. But if you disagree, let me know. And instead of the DMs and instead of texting me if you have my number and things of that nature, I'm giving all of y'all a number. I've been wanting to do this feature for a minute. I've been checking out various ways to do it, but I finally settled on a way to do it. I have a number for you to reach out to the pod and respond directly. And I can and will legally have the right to use that here to piggyback off of what you say. You might bring up a point that's interesting. You might have a hot take. You might have a, a, a dissenting opinion of one of my takes. That's all good. I'm always here for feedback. The number to contribute to the pot, 347-871-1044. I'll say that again. If you want to contribute to the pod and leave a voicemail, fire back at me, contribute, cosign, tell me I'm bugging, tell me I'm wilding, tell me that this was not a work Tell me that Remy and KD's whole thing was not a troll job to launch a pod. Tell me. Let me know. 347-871-1044. So that was the first instance, right? That was the first instance of people using their platforms to launch something or to fabricate a take to go viral or whatever. The next one is Russie. And not Russie specifically, but the overworked and underpaid now hiding behind a paywall fraud a Smith because he used his TV platform to rile up Russie because Russie's a punching bag. And I don't know why Russie is a punching bag. Everyone seems to hate Russie. Does everyone hate Russie? I don't hate Russie. I think we all call it like we see it with Russie in his limitations, but there's other things that people really like to get on Russie about. They get on him for the outfits they get on him. You know how he's he's loathed in Utah. They don't fuck with him in Utah and, and many other places as well. He's always getting shitted on by opposing fans. Uh, there's definitely some in the media who do not like Russie because he's a straight shooter. What he said, that clown question, bro. And he'll he'll make faces at reporters when they ask him dumb, generic shit like Russie's one of the few players that really lives his truth on and off the court. When athletes are out here clamoring, complaining that they they need their own platforms to really say what they want to say. No, no, you, you don't need to have a podcast. You don't need to create a network. You don't need to have your own YouTube show to say what you really feel. Just be Russy. Just be Russy. Just spit it how you want to spit it. And you're going to get respect and you're going to get criticism. Just because you go on a platform that's all yours doesn't mean, oh, this is the authentic me. Like, no, you can just be your authentic self 24-7. <laughs> that, that's a real thing. You don't, you don't have to follow the rules that these PR teams put on you by these various sports organizations. You don't have to do it their way. You can do it your own way like Russie has his entire career. But here we are. So the overworked and underpaid now hiding behind the paywall fraud A. Smith comes out. And chastises Russie saying what? I think the whole quote was, you're not going to win a championship with Russie as your number one option. And I mean, has anyone thought otherwise ever? I mean, even in OKC, did they ever think having Russie as the number one option would be a thing for a championship? 
I mean, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I don't understand how that take was the one that kind of set things off. And then Mrs. Westbrook had to step in and ride for her man. And then that led to Rusty responding, which then led to the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall for A. Smith to respond yet again on his TV platform. And it's all gravy for fraud A. Smith. That's how that works. But the take wasn't even that hot in the first place. It's just Rusty is a is a thing. I could tell you sometimes from my own analytics, when I had a couple of podcasts that were that had Rusty or Russell Westbrook in the title, those pods did numbers. Like it was weird. <laughs> it was like I was like, are people just searching for Russell Westbrook content? Cause like I do episodes on LeBron and that is pretty much average numbers to like the rest of the episodes. But I mentioned Russie. It goes up and I'm like, wait, Russie does it. Russie's the one that drives the numbers. So it's not a surprise that the overworked and underpaid now hiding behind the paywall. Fraud A. Smith is now out here riding against Russie because apparently Russie does numbers because again, he's polarizing. Because he speaks his truth, whether you like it or not. Those are the ones that usually drive numbers. Because you have a faction that hates them and you have a faction that loves them. And then you have a faction in the middle that just is curious about them. That's how the game works. You want haters, you want lovers, and you want people in the middle that just want to know what the fuck's going on. That's the sweet spot in this content game. And lastly, J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick thought he was a star for a minute because he requested a trade. Now, this is all by his mouth because he spoke his alleged truth on his own podcast. And that podcast used to be popping years ago, a couple of years ago. Used to get some viral moments, big interviews, things of that nature because it's interviews. It's athletes interviewing athletes and we get to real have real conversations and real stories and locker room stuff and da 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 da. And then after a while, it's just like, who's really gonna listen to JJ Reddick? <laughs> like it's it's cool when you have, you know, when you're bringing a big star on, but who just wants to listen to JJ Reddick? And that's kind of where, as someone in the media game, it's frustrating, to be quite honest. Because it's like, all right. JJ's going to come out here. He's going to have a whole bunch of crazy interviews. He knows a lot of stars. He's a, he's a known NBA player. Cool. All right. Name recognition. Cool. But then after a while, you're just listening to JJ Reddick talk. And I don't know about you, but I have never in my life wanted to sit and listen to anything that JJ Reddick has to say. I mean, if he would have did a pod about being at Duke while, or do, doing a pod while at Duke, during all that now that's a different story if he would have been open and transparent during those days now that might have been the pod but you being a fringe start like nah he's not even a fringe start at this point he's just a role player he's a a three-point specialist he's like the steve kerr the cal corver of this generation like no one really like would you would you have listened to a cal corver pod would you have listened to a steve kerr pod when he was a spur I mean, what what are we doing? Like, okay, you know players in the league. I would hope so. It's only 400 of y'all. Like, yeah, you should know people in in those circles. Word. 
especially when you move around so much. But anyway, frustrating rant over. So JJ goes on his pod and spits his truth and claims that he spoke to Pell's GM, David Griffin, about getting up out of New Orleans the minute they hired Stan Van because he knows Stan Van. He played for five seasons under Stan Van, and he knows Stan Van wants to be wants to have a team that's predicated on defense, which if you look at the Pell's numbers, they don't that doesn't really translate. But in JJ's mind, Stan Van specializes defense. That's never been JJ's game. He's a gunner. Okay, this ain't gonna work. I did it for five years in Orlando. Get me up out of here. And allegedly David Griffith said, All right, I hear you, but give us a month. Give us a month. And if it's not working out, we'll revisit this and then I'll do the best for you. Because JJ, by his own admission, allegedly wants to play on the East Coast. That's where his family is at. He has a young son. You know, it's COVID times, it's quarantine times. Everyone wants to be extra safe, extra careful. So JJ wants to be near his family. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) JJ got a crib in Brooklyn. (laughs) So basically, JJ went on his podcast to cop please because he's mad he got traded to the Mavericks because he was hoping to get either traded to the Nets or be traded somewhere where they would buy him out so he could go be a Net. So he could go be at the net and be at the crib because there's a crib in Brooklyn. So he did all of this grandstanding. He had this long, you know, podcast rant that got aggregated and was all over the timeline. And the gist of it is, is like, yo, I'm mad. I'm a maverick. I don't want to be a maverick. I don't want to be there. I want to be on the East Coast because I want to see my family. Not that I want to be a net and get this easy chip off because everyone else is running to Brooklyn because they think they can get an easy chip off. It's not that. I just want to be at the crib. I want to be close. I would have went to Philly. I would have went to Boston. Right. And I won't rehash this, uh, but his agent, for those who have been here for a minute, you, you know this story. His agent is also Pandemic P's agent. Right. So if you know the story and if you don't, I'll yeah, I'll see if I can dig that one up and I'll put a link to it in the podcast description. There's a lot there. There was a lot there with Pandemic P and the whole OKC. How come he's not a Laker, even though he's been saying for years he wants to be a Laker thing. And this whole JJ. No, I didn't. My agent didn't do the trade demand. I did it. It was me. I spoke to David Griffin. Da 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 da. Yeah, bro. We've seen your agents, movies. We know how he gets down. So there you go. There's three examples of people using their platforms, using various media outlets just to get product out, just to get content out, just to be aggregated, just to launch a podcast or to get eyeballs to a TV show. It's 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 sickening to a certain degree. It's sickening. I'll hit on um, Aaron Gordon. I do want to hit on Steph. I think there's something there. I want to do a little bit more digging. Talk to some more people. Next episode, we're going to have that Steph talk. Because I think Steph, if ever he's going to leave, it's this year. If he stays, that's it. He's done. 
He's a warrior for life. But I think there's a conversation there that we can have. And if you have any thoughts about that, maybe we could tease that for the next episode. Maybe we'll we'll do that. So should Steph leave the Warriors? And if he does leave the Warriors, should he form a super team? Should he join a super team? Or should he just go wherever he wants to go? Because, you know, him the him and LeBron, that, that's a thing. It's a thing, especially in Lakerland. Laker Twitter, they're, all, they're already calling it. Steph going to be a Laker. So, should Steph return to the Warriors? Leave me your thoughts on that. 347-871-1044. What's up with your man's Aaron Gordon? He's obsessed with the number 50. 50-5-0. He did an interview on TNT after um the Nuggets got a win. I think they beat the Clippers, I think. I think they beat they beat somebody. And uh he was talking with D Wade and D Wade asked him about why he chose the jersey number fifty as a nugget and he went into this whole spiel of he has the most fifties in slam dunk history. Like imagine, imagine that's your claim to fame. Like he has a documentary coming out about this. You know that, right? He has a whole doc surrounding about this. Mr. 50. Like, that's what he wants to be called. Mr. 50. He's doing a whole doc around the fact that he has the most 50s in slam dunk contest history. Like, this is what he's doing. Like, this is a thing. He's putting money into this. He was supposed to be, I mean, I don't know if he was supposed to be a franchise player. He's supposed to be like a really good player. Like an all-star type player. And this is what it's come to? He's been reduced to just being Mr. 50? Is that all? Is is that the apex? You know, a lot's being made about him going to the Nuggets and what he brings, and he's going to help offset some of the stuff that they lost when they didn't bring back Jeremy Grant and da-da-da-da, and now they're thinking he's going to play defense because he's engaged now in terms of being engaged on the defensive end because he can actually win now and da-da-da. I'm just like, wait, wait. When have you ever seen this man play defense? And how low do you have to think of your career that you were once thought of to be a potential franchise player? I never thought of it, but I guess being where he was taken in the draft, you have to assume that the Magic thought they were getting a potential one. And you're just being deduced to just being... Mr. 50? Like, not Mr. 3000. Like, that was lit with Bernie Mac. Like, this Mr. 50? You're doing a movie? You're doing the dog calling yourself Mr. 50? I don't know, man. That's that's bad. Like, look, I think he beat Zach Levine. I'm 10 toes down. I was 10, tone, 10 toes down on it then and today. But to call yourself Mr. 50 and you're doing publicity wearing number 50? Every, I mean, dog. Man, that's... Like, is, is he a star? Is Aaron Gordon a star? A fringe, fringe star? Is there name recognition? Is there face recognition? That's, that's weird, man. It's, I understand you want to control your own narrative. I understand you want to tell your own story. And But who really cares about a Mr. 50, Doc? Do you care? Do any of y'all care? That's just weird, man. I, I don't know. I, I 
maybe being around a winning team would help, will help him understand that he really should not do a doc about having the most 50s in slam dunk contest history. The LA Chargers potentially could be for sale. And like this type of stuff interests me. It's not always about X's and O's and who should be the top pick in the draft and Justin Fields and all the racial stuff like that. That that stuff will come. I, I, I address some of that type of stuff up in season two of Trash Narratives that, that would be coming soon. It's um, going through the editing and production process now. But the Chargers thing, there's a lot of family stuff going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of litigation with that. So the Chargers potentially could be for sale. And Jeff Bezos' name is being mentioned again. <laughs> As with anything on earth that's being available to be sold, Jeff Bezos' name will probably be floated because he can afford literally everything in the world. Everything in the world. So we talked about him in the Washington football team and how the $3.5 billion is the value of the team. And Daniel Snyder is trying to buy out the other minority owners so he can own 100% of the team. He has 60 currently that he could get all the Bezos money if he does indeed sell to Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Post. So it seems like a real symbiotic relationship for him to own the football team and the newspaper. But the Chargers in L.A., more importantly, if that becomes available, and I clearly think that Bezos' name floating around for the Washington football team has made this Charger thing come to the light. Because if I own the football team and I'm looking to get out, I'm definitely letting Bezos know. Because he's going to come through with the blank check. How many billions? So I had to look this up. The Washington football team is worth $3.5 billion, right? How much would the LA Chargers be valued? Higher? Lower? Now this is Los Angeles against Washington. Washington is 3.5. The, the Los Angeles Chargers are 2.6. Fucking Bezos could buy in for just 2.6? I think he gets that in a couple of hours. Off this Amazon shit. And with this Amazon shit, let's just say he buys any team in the NFL. Isn't that a conflict of interest? Is that really the reason why he stepped down as CEO of Amazon? Because he knows he wants to buy an NFL team? How is that not a conflict of interest? How can you own a football team and also be on the board of the network that's going to broadcast NFL games? That doesn't seem like a conflict of interest to you. But if Bezos is able to just slide over from being the day-to-day CEO to just having an executive board seat and still be able to go buy an NFL team, I mean, that's doubling up in the most double-up way. (laughs) You're getting the NFL revenue and the streaming rights revenue? You're eating off both? Even Jerry Jones couldn't pull that off. It's not like you're owning your own individual sports network. He would own the company that would have the streaming rights and also own the team that will play on the network that he owns the streaming rights to. 
Like he's eating off of both ends. That's a definite conflict of interest. But every time they keep floating Bezos' name for these teams, I'm like, well, when do we cross that? When does that hurdle get brought up? What's the move? Is there a loophole where if you're on the board, it's okay? You just can't be the day-to-day type. You can't be a direct employee, but you can sit on the board of a company. Is that the loophole? That's interesting. That type of stuff to me is interesting because that's, that's, that's the real money. And that's the, the legal games and loophole games that create these opportunities and why things get monopolized. Like a lot of things are being monopolized. There's a reason why Jay-Z makes all the type of deals that he does. There's a reason why Diddy makes all the deals that he does. There's only a limited amount of dudes that get to maneuver this, this type of money around. It's because they're allowed to take advantage of certain loopholes that monopolize the opportunities to only themselves and a precious few others. And this potential Bezos thing of being able to be on the board of Amazon and potentially buy an NFL team that has streaming rights and streaming games on Amazon is yet another example. Cause how would that work? Like they have a thirst, like they have a Thursday night football game. It is the Chargers versus whoever. And it's on Amazon. And you got Bezos in the owner suite. That's not a conflict. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yo, man, the, the 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 money gets real funny. The money gets real funny and real tricky. Lastly, Chris Beard, college basketball coach, he left Texas Tech for Texas. It's a higher profile job. Better salary, better level of competition, theoretically. Chris Beard did did what's best for himself, his career, and his family. Now, why would I be talking about a Texas Tech college basketball coach and a pretty nondescript one? He's known, he's he's perceived as a good coach, but I mean, you know, whatever. It's Texas Tech dog. I mean, seriously, let's, let's not let's not let's not play the game. So Chris Beard is now the coach of Texas. High profile, more money, better opportunity. Where's Jim Beheim? If you remember, not that long ago, Jim Beheim destroyed, was it Jalen Johnson from Duke? Killed him for opting out of the season, during the season, so he can go and get ready for the draft. Duke went through all types of COVID protocols. They had games canceled left and right. They didn't even make it to the tournament. Jalen Johnson saw the writing on the wall and decided to get the hell up out of Durham. And Jim Beheim roasted him publicly with no shame and no apology. Texas Tech now needs a basketball coach because their current one decided to bounce for the betterment of himself, his career, and his family, much like Jalen Johnson. Now, you could play semantics and say, well, he opted out during the season where Chris Beard waited until the end. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You can't play the semantics game with quitting during the season or alleged quitting, opting out during the season when your team is barely playing games and they're opting out of tournaments left and right, and they didn't even make it to the NCAA tournament because of COVID 
You can't compare that and use that as a strike against him. Chris Beard left Texas Tech with a recruiting class on the way in, committed to playing for him, and he skated on them to go to Texas because it was a bigger job, a better job, and a fruitful, a more fruitful job. Jalen did the same thing. He opted out of the season with Duke so he could go prepare to take on a job that would be better for himself and his family. Where's the fraud, Jim Beheim? You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Y'all know what we do here. Subscribe and rate to the podcast if you haven't already. Five stars, nothing less. Tell a friend. Again, that number to call into the show and contribute and leave a voicemail. 347-871-1044. Again, the question is, is it time for Steph Curry to leave the Warriors? And if he does, where should he go? Because the Lake Show, the Lake Show Nation is already calling it. And two, would you be mad at a co-rookie of the year with LaMelo and Ant-Man Anthony Edwards? Let me know. Three more days in this quarantine bubble in Indianapolis, and I'll be back on the East Coast, back in NY, getting ready for a move. A lot of things happening. But bonus content, I I know I've been promising y'all a bunch of bonus content, but it's been a lot of things going on here with the gig. 13, 14, sometimes 15-hour days here. So I have not had a lot of time. That's why I'm trying to rush and do this pod today so I can give y'all something so we can make sure I keep up with y'all and touch base with y'all and keep that momentum. You're definitely going to get something when I get back to New York, probably by before the end of the week. So today is Sunday. Yeah, probably later on in the week. You'll probably get another pod. Bonus content will be thrown up there. So you're going to get a whole bunch of shit once I get back to New York. But I appreciate y'all for listening. The Sam D Podcast. I'm out. <laughs>